Hi, Jimmy here. Welcome to TV Times, a special bubble episode of Shoulders where Sheppy and I go deep and discuss the TV that formed us from the early years. We cover all sorts of shows, everything from Frasier to Quantum Leap to Neighbours to Super Ted and all that's in between. So listen, um, strap in. And I hope this is an enjoyable chat. I think it's fair to say pretty much every single show we cover is is spoiler free. So um, you can uh, you can rest assured if we name something you haven't seen yet, like Super Ted, you don't need to worry about what happened to Texas Pete by the end of the show. Hope you enjoy. Hey Sheppy, how are you? Sorry about the delay. I, I sent you a little message, but I don't know if you got it. Um, it made, I had to be. I had to upload the update of of uh, Zoom. I, I kept clicking, and it kept telling me to fuck off. And I kept saying, "Can you just open it?" Because I've got it. We all know it works. And they're like, "No, you have to update it." So I did. And it's like point, point, point. But it took a little while. But I'm here now, Jimmy. I'm here now, and it's very nice to see you. You too. I want to see like a, a, a one of those nail biting, gripping, in, insert the virus into the mainframe, you know, espionage thrillers where the final scene has someone uploading their USB finally into the mainframe, and as the you know. The security guards are banging on the door, and it looks like they might not make it. All you're hearing is boink, 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 <laughs> and brings down civilization as we know it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. But that's nice, Jimmy. That's nice. How are you? Are you okay? I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm good. I'm a bit sleepy this morning because appropriately enough maybe for today's episode to be continued on this but we uh we ended up doing something i haven't done in a long time which is to say we watched three back to back the final three eps of yellowstone season two because those pesky little show creators kept leaving cliffhangers too good to go to bed on like should have been so i ended up having a a slightly later night than normal by later night, <laughs> we're talking like 10 p.m you know <laughs> oh it's pure it's sam it's sam staying up past his bedtime on the piano <laughs> 7 30 amazing <laughs> the hell are you man are you good thanks yeah i'm actually really tired as well so this will be interesting because usually if one of us is tired we feed off the other like an <laughs> emotional vampire but when we're both knackered on different ends of the spectrum you've just got up and I keep waking up at four in the morning. So I'm just sort of zonked. But I didn't do a double tea bag. I did one cup of tea about 30 minutes ago. And this is a, an equal strength cup of tea. So it's going to be a pee break at some point and, and listen to spot if you can see if you can spot the edit break. <laughs> well, there's not going to be an edit break. I'm taking the computer in with me. Where do you think I'm sitting now? That's why the acoustics <laughs> are so good. <laughs> So that's all right. Um, lovely, Jimmy. Remind me, what was the thing you were watching that kept you past your Hello bedtime? Stone, Sheppy. So that's... Oh, that's yes, right. Continued. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, 
I mean, today is like a little interesting bubble, and it seems that we were predestined to have a bubble, and that's wonderful. But um, it's like we were going to do the police academy, and I've done like just randomly the first film, and then it was like, well, let's do the second film. But we just did the first film just to do the first film. Like we've never seen police academy, but then it was almost inevitable that we we're like, well, let's do police academy two. And, and it could have ended there, could have ended there, but then we were like, oh, this is over the course of like over a week. We did sort of spread it out. We was like, let's do number three. We did number three, uh, spoiler, it's the weakest, amazing. Number four, brilliant. And that was the end of the Gutenberg era. Uh, he moved on to a different home, uh, the Gutenberg address. Um, nonetheless, I will say this, um, but I, I, I figured at this point you and I were going to talk about it. But I'm going dress pun, amazing. And I'm just going to just let that be. Yeah. We're going to just wash over it. We're going to wash over it because I was so, I think you could hear how how proud I was. I couldn't keep the casual delivery. I was just like, oh my God, I've, I've, bro I've broken the code. Um, and, and and I saw the matrix for a second, and but I couldn't keep it out of my voice. So I was trying desperately to like sort of move on in a cool way. Nonetheless, despite my crowning achievement that we've all just witnessed, I will say this, I was all ready to do a little like bubble pod about the police academies that we saw, the Gutenbergs, specifically the Mahoney era. And you said that would be cool. And then, and then you said also, it's also works for Shoulders of Giants because it's part of this, you know, it's, it's famous for having sequels. Um, and also, frankly, famous for, you know, gradual decline, not even that gradual. So it's like, and then I was like, well, inevitably, I mean, got to go with the Matt McCoy era. We got to go for Lloyd Braun. We got to go ding and do uh, Miami Beach. And we haven't done it yet. So that's why I was like, well, let's just you know, postpone the police academy. And I'm because I've come this far, might as well do all the way to Mission to Moscow, which I've never seen. And then we can really get to it. So so that's oh, nice. Wait, man. I am not going to do the homework too. I don't think I will. I will definitely do, you know, dip into some police academy clips, Sheffy. But all of that on the pod, you know, we could, yeah, yeah we, could, we could put a pin in that. I one. would say maybe it would be worth you just watching the first one out of interest and not do yeah. any of the others, but do the first one as a sound, you know, as a standalone. I'll, yeah. I'll do that, Sheffy. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Nice. nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's a brilliant well, concept. It's a brilliant concept. But it will save all this from the past. Yeah. Well, exactly. It's tasty stuff. It's tasty. But then I was like, well, so today, you know, you were like, you've been, you know, wanting to talk about certain TV shows. And and I was like, well, I could, yeah, and there's also some TV show I was thinking about. But then I was like, well, let's just turn this into a proper little bubble TV edition of the pod and um, and just sort of go off on one a little bit about just little things, which is nice. Nice, Sheppy. Well, I, I... Oh, go on, yeah. What were you going to say? Well, I mean, look, it is irrelevant. And I, I don't know why I even bring it up. Because it has nothing, and I repeat, nothing to do with us being here or having this discussion in the first place. But I will tell you what. Hear me out, because it's radical. Crazy. What, what is this? What are we doing here? Oh what is God. this shoulders of giants that I keep hearing all about? But I'm like, what is that? Because I am dying to know. <laughs> well, Sheppy, uh, this is Shoulder of the Giant. I'm Jimmy, you're Sheppy, and we are the What If podcast for movie sequels and prequels and uh and and TV sequels and prequels. And, and we have done a couple. We've done some 
We've done a curb for our sins, a faulty for our sins, uh, friends for our sins. Yes, yeah, Christ. Yes, um, we did cocktail TV show. Holy moly! I kind of did Casablanca the TV show in the last. Yes. So you know, yes, we are not strangers. Oh, um, Green Shepherd. I did Flight of the Navigator TV show, and we both did a Commando prequel TV show. Nice. And the Hulk, for God's sake. Is that what you said oh. when I talked over you before? Or just... No, no, I forgot about the Hulk. How awful. <laughs> that <laughs> The one which is officially still the longest episode of the pod. Um, <laughs> but, you know, three hours 15 or maybe three hours 10. That's yeah. an epic. Amazing. Uh, yeah, big and green. Well, that's that's pretty hardcore. Um, yes. Yeah, so, yes, point being, there's there's TV history in here, there. Rules, and I'm sure we're even missing something else as well. So yes, yes, Jimmy, a thousand times yes. So we could talk today about little TV nuggets, and also interestingly, it is worth saying that it is like there's a lot of stuff out there, lots of revivals and things that are coming back after a, a, you know it's happening in cinema. Let's just say Bad Boys Three, you know, after a big distance between two, and millions of other much better examples. But that's the first one that popped to my mind. And on TV, I don't know. Do you know that Frasier is coming back after oh, over no. ten years? I think since it, I think it finished in two thousand and four. I want to say it started immediately after Cheers, in which would have been like I guess ninety six. I mean 93, 94, My guess for the beginning of Frasier. Um, so anyway, Frasier's coming back. Did you know That's about that? Amazing! I did not know about that. That's very exciting. Um, mm. Yeah, I've seen the, the faux trailer of Frasier the movie, which is hilarious. I don't know if you've seen oh, that. Oh, I haven't but, seen that. Oh, no. okay. That will go on the pod page then with this. But, oh, very nice. Uh, so we'll put that well, on pod.com, listeners. But yeah, it's really funny, Sheppy. They, 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 they make it, it's not a comedy. They make it look like a, a serious sort of... Uh, <laughs> Maybe I did. It, it's like yeah. it's like that shining comedy, heartwarming Jack Nicholson trailer. <laughs> shining, <laughs> yeah, yeah, full on. Um, I wish we were here forever and ever. Bling, bling, bling. Um, maybe I have seen that Frasier thing. Um, I don't know. Or maybe you're describing it so well. I, yeah, I can see it in my mind. <laughs> but that's great, Picard. You know, after like um, you know, Next Generation finished in '93, I think, and. Picard came out in like 2000, I want to say 18, 19, 20, 20, I'm going to say. Yeah, 2020. So it's like, that's nice. Pity it's shit, but nonetheless. Um, and there's lots of other examples, many, many other examples of TV shows that are coming back, which leads me to sort of naturally just ponder out of nowhere, literally without any sort of warning. But can you think of any TV show? from the past, let's say from the 90s or beyond, that you would like them to do a revival of now. Amazing. To be clear, not a reboot, not you know, but a sequel or a continuation. Where is the main character or characters now, 20 plus years later? That's a brilliant question. I had it for you too, so I'm actually saying I'm brilliant too. But I had two <laughs> questions for you today, Sheppy, and that was, that was going to be my, well, the one that's great. Um, and I didn't have anything in the clip for it, so now... No, you know, well, caught, despite caught me ball, asking just now, <laughs> yeah, I haven't got anything in the clip either. Pathetic. <laughs> I'd love to see Quantum Leap come back, to be honest. And, and, dude, and dude, like it's with, back. But with backers, I'm talking I as see. the main guy. I'm not talking about the reboot or anything, just like a... 
Well, the reboot, it is a sequel. It okay. is following the mystery and they have obviously left it open. And I think they said to Bakula, can you be in it? Because spoiler to the last episode of Quantum Leap, but he never gets home. So he's bouncing around. It could be a kind of a Colonel Kurt story of this guy bouncing around. He's, and he's following the research of Dr. Sam Beckett. And, and he goes into his own quantum leap. So I think I haven't seen it because I'm actually re-watching the original show with Marta. We're like halfway through season two and I don't want to muddy the waters by, you know. Uh, it's the same with the new Frasier. I want to see it, but we, we're halfway, we know we've almost finished season six of Cheers. We've got like another six seasons to go and then we're going to do 11 seasons of Frasier. Oh my God. So then, <laughs> then we can watch the new Frasier. So, yeah, that one will hold fire for a little while, <laughs> considering that we started Cheers like three years ago. Amazing. Um, I would love to, honestly, on the strength of the calibre of the uh, faux Seinfeld episode in Curb, I'd love to see some more Seinfeld. And I think, you know, everyone's still firing pretty well, I'd suggest, yeah. you know, whether or not. Michael Richards can get cast. He was forgiven. He was forgiven, I think. Yeah. At the very least, everyone kind of were like moved on. Yeah. So no, I think he, you know, I, I, I think he, he survived it. So that would be nice. I think they, I think yeah. they could still do a, a ten episode Netflix arc on that, maybe. I mean, Forty Towers hot for press as we've discussed. Well, that's the, yeah. Well, that's the. Coming. Yeah, we'll talk about Ooh. elephant in the room. That that's uh, that's not to date the recording of this episode, but that was even today. Did you tell me about that or yesterday? Maybe it was. Yeah. It was. Um, it was. Yeah. So that's. You know, it's like okay, sure, why not? I'm sure everyone will be like, you know, anyone who cares or who likes the original will be like, fuck off. But everyone's going to at least watch the first episode, and even if they hate it. But honestly. You know, it's going to be so different. It's, yeah. you know, it's so it doesn't really, you know, it's like great. It's Cleese playing Basil Fawlty in a show he's writing and, and Rob Reiner's producing it and he's writing it with his daughter, who's also going to be in it as Basil Fawlty's long lost daughter. And they run a boutique hotel together. I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking watch that, even I, if I, it's shit and it won't be. It, you I know, we'll see what it is. I don't judge, I don't rate. Cleese's judgment as much as I used to like do you know what I mean like he's and and you know how can you get past not the, ne the nepotism I'm sure his daughter's very talented but you know it's really tricky when he's saying it's an amazing script you know but people say that a lot about these things and they're a disappointment you know we'll just see but I, I, the two things I'm fascinated about it Sheppy is like it's 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 probably no, it's not the least funny thing of Basil Fawlty, but it's not like the thing I, I love the most about Fawlty Towers. Um, but it, it is a physical comedy, right? Like, he's a very physical character, Basil Fawlty. Like, right. he, and, and how they navigate that for an 82-year-old guy or whatever he is now, like, you know, that'll be just interesting. Well, it's like Indiana Jones. It's like um, Harrison Ford will play it age-appropriate. So whatever Harrison Ford can do, Indy can do, a, a you know, like a film version of it. And it'll be the same with Basil. He's no. not going to be goose stepping around all over the place. Although, fuck, who knows? You never know. <laughs> and speaking of him, like not having the cachets he did, I will say his height for me were the BT uh, British Telecom adverts from like the late-ish eighties. That's it. Amazing. Yeah, yeah so, I yeah. agree. Eighties Cleese is the best Cleese. 
yeah, well, clockwise. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to say as well is, that second thing is just like it, there's a really funny quote I read this week. I can't remember who said it, but it's it's an American quote, and it's basically the Americans saying the Brits think Forty Towers is a comedy. And we we know it to be a documentary, <laughs> and um, and I just thought it was really interesting. And I think there's there's some problematic bits and pieces about Forty Towers these days. And the BBC has refused to show it again. So John Cleese, when they, this will be a Netflix production or something, you know, it'll be highest bidder stuff. Forty Towers sequel, but like I'm really I, I I'm not I'm not pitching my you know, my, my, I, I don't know, I'm not saying John Cleese is right in all the things he comes out and says on Twitter by any means, but I think there's a really interesting like, dynamic on the cancel culture here to do something with comedy. Like, there's just not enough comedies anymore, Sheppy, really. Like, do you know I mean, there's some good stuff out there still, don't get me wrong, but like, there's not like comedy movies are not getting made anywhere near as prolifically, you know, and it's just like one of those things where you think maybe they could just. I don't want to say cancel cancel culture because it does some positive, but there's also like it probably just needs to get over itself a bit and just have a bit of a chip away and just lean into what comedy can do as well to raise awareness and get people really thinking too. Because if you stop being edgy with your comedy, it's very it's a problem in and of itself, you know. So I do, anyway, I'm just, I'm I'm not the guy to make that point, you know what I mean? In the world, but I'm trying to articulate something there that this forty tells could do something about some of the problems that we have at the moment, and I'd, I'd be really interested for them to explore that a bit, you know. If that's if that's where they decide to go, you know. I just um, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I I think edgy comedy hasn't gone away, um, mm. and I think there's plenty of good edgy comedy, be it stand up or certain TV shows. You're right. It hasn't gone away. And maybe what I'm not necessarily lamenting, because I, I quite like it at the moment, but it's just, it's saturated now, isn't it? Like everything's everywhere and it's quite hard to stay on top of everything. So it isn't like the days of 40 Towers when you've got 20 million people around the box on Friday night watching it or whatever, you know, and mainstream telly's doing something interesting. Do you know what I mean? And that's maybe that's the difference. You know, maybe it's kind yeah. of, you've got to find Bill Burr and Ricky Gervais if you want to watch them rather than they're on telly and they're being beamed in as an alternative to whatever, you know, I don't know. But yeah, no, man, that's cool. It's all valid points, Jimmy, all very valid points. Uh, indeed, and I'm very interested to see what Cleese will do. He uh, will not, you know, he will do exactly what he wants to do. I will quickly say that I don't, you know, you sort of threw out the word nepotism earlier. I don't think that's fair in what I understand about this case, only because she's his daughter. She didn't like get hired as the writer of this 40 Towers thing. I think the idea came organically through their conversations. And they're like, let's fucking do it. So again, bring it on. It will be different. And it will be so different just by its own nature that the look of 40 Towers, the original, is so, you know, pure and of its time. But anything now, by definition, is so far removed that it will be so much its own thing. And so even if it really sucks or on a personal level you don't like it, it's not going to taint or touch because there's too much time between. Yeah. Um, so I, it's, it's all I, right. Thank God they never made it like deep into the 80s, like really <laughs> 80s, 40 towers. Oh, God. It's like <laughs> pissing on the Mona Lisa. And I love <laughs> the 80s, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I dare say it will look a bit different and a bit sheenier, but we'll wait. Oh, God. You know, and that's fine. Yeah. You know. Golden Girls. 
So what else, Sheppy? There must be some other bits and bobs just to try and close well, out. Well, I will say, I don't think I said what TV show I would bring back. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, and I don't know, I mean, I'd like to bring back the Incredible Hulk and continue that, but obviously I couldn't use Bixby or Ferrigno in those roles. But if you're recasting, does that count? Um, and does that miss the point of the question? So in which case, as an alternative to that, um, no, I am a bit stumped, actually. I mean, Patrick McGowan's dead, so you can't bring back the prisoner, but that's probably a good idea anyway. Um, so, so no, so I, it, yeah, it's tricky. Maybe Minder, but uh, they're all dead. Is Gary Webber still alive? <laughs> if you hadn't had it, I'd have said Twin Peaks, actually. That would have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, well, that's a good that's example, nice. definitely. We had it. Um, yeah, they, and there was also one for, not that I would have chosen this, but they did one for Roseanne. Then they fired Roseanne because of things she said, and uh, then it just called them comments. <laughs> um, so there you go. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Incredible Hulk, otherwise I'm going to be here all day. Um, I suppose you know you can't really say the A team because a lot of them are dead. <laughs> so, so I don't know. In terms of everything else, though, Jimmy, um, let me ask you this: in terms of your relationship to television, a little question I want to just ask is: in terms of a TV show that you really, really liked, and I'm talking like earliest memories type stuff maybe four or five years old, do you just remember having a favourite TV show? You put this on Messenger right last night and I have forgotten to think about it because <laughs> I got uh -huh. excited about a monologue I'm going to give you later, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> well, that's um, and I've been sharpening that in my brain to try and say it right later. But, um, but um, the, oh, blimey. Do you have yours and it might just trigger like for me well i mean you know obviously play school i have little vague memories there was something we watched at school when i was about seven called badger girl remember that uh there was um but you know rainbow like if we're talking like you know a oh, danger mouse yeah. rainbow and danger mouse when i was age appropriate for that sort of thing where you know not when you're older and everything when you watch it like yay um but when you're like the proper age, so like four, five, Rainbow Danger Mouse. I remember that, and that those were great. So I'll, those would be my two Amazing. Like uh, now, now you've absolutely unleashed the floodgates. And I might start weeping as I talk, Sheppy. <laughs> Jamie and the Magic Torch. I, I'm sure I'm on the record. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'm on the record. They're saying like, you know, I I was in love with Sarah Green, Blue Peter, and that was it. Like, there's no two ways about it. Like, that was basically. You tried to punch out Mike Smith, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. You're banned from BBC Centre for Life. Pebble Mill has a photo of you in the front desk. <laughs> Me and Les Ferdinand for jumping in the. In it. Um, now, I so there's that, but that's 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 not necessarily controversial. I don't really have anything controversial, but I do have like lots of stuff, like just pure in the veins memory stuff, like. You know, for example, you know, having fish fingers at my nan Mutti's house while we watch We Are the Champions every Friday. Um, oh, that's that, pure. Like, you know, um, why don't you, like every summer holidays or whatever, like in the morning has been the first yeah. thing we watched, followed by maybe Adventures of Huckleberry Finn or something. Yes, in the main, in the veins, absolutely. The um, I, uh, I, I, I just sort of feel like that kind of home from school, sat down, yeah, you watch yeah. your bloody, you know, I don't know. Um, Children's was, BBC, Dog Tanyon. What was the one? Super Ted, that's where I was going to go. Super as well. Ted. I mean, that's really like a 
very fond of that Texan bones, man. Amazing cut. Yeah, and John Pertwee did the voice of Spotty Man. Holy moly. Holy moly. I'd love, I'd watch with Super Ted straight after this, Sheppy. I really would. I, yeah. I'm sure it would be a treat. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So all of that stuff, man, and one big bubble. One thing I wanted to say as well was, wasn't there a thing with like Friday movies? Um, like not movies, but like a little... 50 minutes special on a Friday afternoon as well as part of Children's BBC. Are we talking that? Children's BBC, Children's IDV? I mean, if you're talking drama-rama, then certainly. Wow. Those were probably half an hour. Do you remember those? They were kind of like Twilight Zone for kids. Yeah. They were Absolutely. quite fucked up. Oh, yeah. There was one where there was a couple of convicts kidnapped a kid, and I think one was called Danny the Bull. Do you remember that? Or not? Like, is that no. regularly? So, and then the kids were like cheering him on, like Danny the Bull could break stuff with his head or something, and he went and broke <laughs> it. And then there was a moment, I think I might be absolutely folding two of these drama-ramas into one, but there's a moment at the end of one where the kids then get reunited with their dad, and their dad looked so much like my dad. Like, And then they have a big hug at the dad's workplace, and he's wearing a nice brown 70s suit, and everything's happy. And shepherd. But and that that moment at the end that reuniting moment i sometimes conflate that and confuse that with even greeting my own dad at the workplace <laughs> i don't know which, which one's right and wrong or true and maybe i'm exactly <laughs> the bull and i can break things in my head and i've just forgotten Sheppy and i just need to be that's happy. huge yeah there's a oh, lot well, of this, is, this conversation is untriggered is it untriggered at all um that's amazing um i love it all wow well good old drama i remember one where this guy had an evil mirror and there was the evil reflection in the evil mirror. And then it grabbed, no, no, the kid at the end went to smash the mirror. Um, and then his friend ran and knocked on the door and the door opened and you saw like the kid from the back of his head. And then you saw his face and it was like reflection and it was all like distorted, and, like fucked up, creepy face. And his, oh. the guy, the little kid ran off and then the kid's just like looking with the creepy face and then you see the mirror and it's all in one piece. And the real kid is in the mirror being pulled backwards, like screaming and calling out for help but you can't hear his voice and he gets pulled out of the room and trapped inside the mirror and that's the end of the episode and you watch that when you're eight and you're like well that's it i'll see you later i thought you had like quite a dodgy you hadn't really combed your hair for a, a week or so back then <laughs> i seem to remember that now maybe uh, yeah well, i kept scary. coming to school covered in tweaks <laughs> yeah it was serious my, my garden place. Your face or, yeah, yeah. Interesting. No, a bit stick of the dump. Yeah, I got, yeah, you know. I was, it, it, it was commented upon. It was commented upon. Um, but, oh, He-Man uh, deserves a quick mention. We're talking six or seven years old now. Yeah. yeah uh, that was great. Were you a Thundercats man? Oh, absolutely, of course. I think, was it Panthera? Pan no. I Mm. You see, this is it guy? because I should know this. Uh, well, the Pan Panthro, Panthro, Panthro. Yeah, he was the cool I, one to me. I did see it, but you know what's funny is because it did come out um, a year or so after He Man, and I'm sure it was. You know, it was made because of the success of Masters of the Universe. Um, but I was always like, oh well, I'm too old for that because I watch He Man. Even though I was like seven, I had that. With, so I never really, I was aware of it, I saw bits of it, but I never got into it. Whereas He-Man, I would know what time it was on, I would watch it. Um, so there you go, I was too old for Thundercats. That, that's what I teach amazing. Was there a character called Snarf? Who was yeah, Snarf, Snarf, he was like Orko. Yeah. Um, you know, Always all the ho, 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 ho ending. That's Always. Snarf, Snarf. 
<laughs> I shat myself. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, pure ho ho ho, feeble weevil. Yeah, thunder, 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 ho. Um, wow, I'd only just got that reference. That's amazing. Um, me. Anyway. Uh, also, around that sort of time, um, super, uh, you mentioned Super Ted. I hope you remember Super Gran. Super Gran. Oh, my God. Yes. That's one of the. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you remember man. the theme tune? Do you remember the theme tune to Superman? Is it like Stand Back Spider-Man? <laughs> I swear that one. Batman, Superman, yeah, Batman and Robin too. I'm putting some bloody YouTube videos up on our webpage after this shit. <laughs> you better use your maracas with B.A. Baracas because I've got news for you. And now I'm going to go into uh, the Only Fools and Horses theme if I'm not careful, so I'm going to quit there. I think that was about 75% accurate. Well, um, maybe, maybe. You triggered the something there well. as well, Shets. We can't forget to say, I mean, Fools and Horses, if they yeah. all had the chops, still would be amazing. Bring back. A few of those have, have passed away, unfortunately, now. They? But yeah. They've done, um, they did like a prequel show with Thingy from the Betweeners as um, the dad, I guess. Oh. It was Young Del Boy and Nicholas Lindhurst was the dad. Yeah, oh, but that was years ago. That was like over ten years ago, I'm sure. And it was written by John Sullivan, who created, you know. But he's dead now, I believe. So yeah, yeah. over. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yes, only fools and horses. Absolutely. Now let me ask you this. So that's really in terms of sort of deep childhood stuff. Also, so yeah, young Rainbow and everything, and then a little bit older He Man, everything. But of course, there was also Night Rider and Eighteen, oh, yeah. which were big, um, yes. and that's worth it. And I guess what seven, eight, nine, ten years old for those—that sort of thing. Yeah, nice, absolutely. And Street Hawk and Airwolf and all that. Maybe not. Maybe not even that old. I mean, we didn't have Night Rider on like when we knew each other, right? It was a bit before that, so we're talking like eight years yeah. old. Seven, yeah. seven or eight, I guess. And 18 yeah. as well was when we were a bit younger too, big time. Yeah, we met. it is. It's pure like six, seven, eight, I would mm. say. Three us. So there you go. The glory days, the happy days, the days that they have songs about. So <laughs> so that's a laugh. Um, though, yeah, yeah, and of course you mentioned, I'm sorry, Airwolf, Streethawk, Manimal, for God's sake. Oh, my God. I think that probably came up because of the Hulk, which is also worth a mention. Hey, let me ask you this. I'm sure this has come up before. And growing up in the 80s, um, or growing up in England, any time since the early 60s, there's always been like a presence of Doctor Who. And I know it's not your number one son in a cup, but I will ask you this. As a child throughout your life, what's your relationship with Doctor Who? Just in terms of it existing, and avid obviously, I'm right up till McCoy, avid fan, right. definitely. Although I sort of, I, I don't have much recollection of the Baker era, the Tom Baker era. No. But you well, know, that, he he regenerated in 1980, so yeah. fair enough. But yeah, I, I was all over it, big time. Yeah, that was that right. was unmissable telly, which sort of suggests I, I don't know how I didn't get back into it when particularly when it was riding high you know when what's funny now is the season one with the Russell T Davis with Eccleston as the doctor now that looks as dated as an episode from the 70s which is yeah. so weird because when it came out it was like very surreal to see 
a new Doctor Who like in you know it's like we were saying about 40 Towers who was just so different from like the late 80s and 70s obviously and 60s but specifically yeah like you I'm watching it with McCoy as well late 80s and then of course yeah 2005 of course it's different and I knew it would be different but still seeing it was like oh it's so brand new and now it looks like you know bugs nonetheless it's interesting so no do you think you ever will give the I'd like to I'd like to definitely it's just it's never at the top of the pops when we come to say right what next you know even like I mean Battlestar Galactica which I've not done is is above it so you know and we keep knocking that back whenever we get the chance to because we're thinking oh Battlestar Galactica is great and I and bearing in mind yeah that that was like 2005 or something I'm not saying oh you're just watching it now I'm just dating it for myself because it's like time is crazy now um, so yeah, and oh, good, good. Watch Battlestar. Uh, the first season, especially, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Did you what? Well, who was your favourite Doctor out of interest out of the era that you watched in the eighties? I would be um, disingenuous if I didn't say Pete Davidson. Right? So I feel yeah. like that was the one I just thought was the cool guy, you know. And I just sort of he he kind of got into my head as being the Doctor, you know, and this sort of. The one I identify the most with, yeah. Would I identify the most with? No, totally. Well, it's it's hard to identify with any of the previous doctors because you've got fucking Baker, who's mad as a box of squirrels, and then you've got Pertwee, who looks like Wurzel Gummidge, and then you've got Troughton, who looks like a, a beetle, who's you know, like a, a John Lennon type, who's been put in a, a machine that's aged him a thousand years. And then you've got Hartnell, who's just like a wisp of smoke. So you can't identify with them as an adult, particularly, but certainly as a kid. And then in our era, when you're like four or five years old, you've got young, dashing Peter Davidson. Um, so, yeah, he was certainly my doctor. He was the first doctor. You never forget your first. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I ever watched it with Colin Baker, but I, um, which is weird. I've seen them now, of course, for my sins. But I sort of gave Baker a skip and then went straight into the McCoys. And the second part, once Ace End comes in on the McCoys, it becomes McCoy's own show more because they, they were using lots of scripts that were maybe Colin Baker and stuff. But the style changes, becomes a bit more adult. And McCoy is fucking good, man. He gets really shat on. He's like the, the, the Timothy Dalton of Doctors, but he's so good. So yeah, yeah, um, good old McCoy. That's happy. Yeah, I I remember it being awesome too, and quite scary a lot of the time, actually. Yeah, 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 it's intense. Yeah, totally. There are certain archetypes, like certain types of Doctor, and McCoy and Matt Smith both are a Patrick Troughton Doctor. They're in that original Troughton mold, kind of the Columbo of Doctors, where they're shambolic, and but then they're like, they'll get you, and they'll be like, what, what, what? And then, pow, um, rain. Start. So it's like, yeah, um, that's fun. Um, whereas Tennant is is like Davidson, so that's all right. Um, and and Capaldi is like um, John Pertwee, so that's nice. And actually, Jodie Whittaker has got a lot of Peter Davidson as well. So yeah, it all works. Fuck knows what Eccleston is. He's Eccleston. Good for him. <laughs> so Ready. let me just right. that after that quick Doctor Who rant and everything, I will say. 
that was cancelled in 89 and then for me becoming a teenager and then you know Doctor Who wasn't there and so filling that sort of void um, was was interesting as I sort of so what was the next generation or something I was into you know and that was shown for the first time in England I believe on BBC Two certainly on terrestrial TV maybe it was on Sky but in 1990 I remember Next Generation starting on BBC Two and I had watched the films of Star Trek at that point but I hadn't um, I hadn't watched much of the original show I'd seen a bit but not much and I started watching Next Generation and again like McCoy it takes like a season and, uh, to sort of find its own sort of voice uh, and once Riker gets a beard, uh, it sort of jumps up on quite a few notches. So that's good. Um, and so that was a big part of sort of like early 90s for Sheppy. What about you, Jimmy? What was your sort of bag when you were like 13? 14? Well, I think, yeah, Quantum Leap probably was my yeah. sci-fi uh, dalliance. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I loved that. Um, I, I never... Did next gen never? Ha- I mean, I I did the opener, and I remember kind of staying with it a bit, and then I don't know why, like a good book that you'd lament dropping, I did. But like I've said before in the pod, like you know, all oh, I I I I love the characters. I read a lot of the fiction to the side of it, and I really want to give that another go at some point. You know, there's a lot sort of earmarked for maybe the retirement home, like to just sit, <laughs> but I just. Um, but I, uh, I think um, that's definitely one that I, I regret not being more in on because, as I said to you before, you know, I feel like that that is the precursor to what then happens with telly, right? You know, that sort of long form yeah. storytelling. It's all there. It's really cool. Um, so that's true. Yeah, and I yeah. next generation, I believe, started in '87 um, in America and everything, of course, um, and it did start. You know, what that became like, X Files, Buffy. And then Buffy yeah. and Kim went into Smallville and so on, so on. Well, before we get that far ahead, just in terms of the universe, um, what did you watch, if anything? Did you follow any TV? Oh, you say Quantum Leap, of course. Yeah. Was yeah. there anything else that you were um, into, sort of early nineties? Uh, well, we had you and I had Cheers as well at that time. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think what the other big hitters were. I mean, there was a big. I remember like Sunday afternoons, Cosby show and the Wonder Years were massive as well. I'm just oh, yes, of course, the Wonder really Years. Anchored, you know. Um, trying to think, yeah, the Wonder Years is amazing. Man. I'd love to do another lap of that, by the way. And I know that's back Me as too. well, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yes. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah. Fresh Prince. Is that 90s? Is it getting a bit later? Yeah. Man? I mean, no, no, no. It's pure early 90s, pure like 93. This is going to sound ridiculous, Sheppy, but, um, you know, neighbors was a big yeah no of course as well like you know and, and to a degree home and away but neighbors man wow that was probably for well, about 66 seven year chunk didn't really miss it that was big in yeah <laughs> like you went extra australian i didn't miss it um was, <laughs> yeah um fair play neighbors um late 80s for me was the hot zone for neighbors uh we're talking yeah scott and charlene marriage Donovan and Malone, um, hardcore. Des, Daphne dying in the car crash. Wow. Uh, Clive Gibbons. Um, yeah, Joe Mangle. Kerry getting shot by a duck hunter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wow. Just, this is an overwhelming greatest hit. But, uh, Jim Robinson. Bouncer. The orange Basil. 
Basil, the dog, jumping off a pier and drowning, chasing a seagull. And Basil belonged to the original Lucy. There were three Lucy getting generated. And then, so then they got her bouncer, who was this level dog, and became a major character in Neighbours. And he sort of jumped around between different owners. He belonged to Nell Mango in the world, I believe, which then probably became Joe Mango. So good old bouncer. Good old bouncer, a good old life. And, you know, that is... That's a that's a very sneaky little show. That like, literally, it's part of your life every day, and you've got two chances to watch it. Like, that's yeah. quite and there's not much else like that, you know, in, in my life, Sheppy. Really, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, it's a very <laughs> it's so disposable and yet so so <laughs> necessary. Like, it was so so weird when you actually think about that. Actually, it's weird, isn't it? Like, well, what's funny is you. You totally mentioned that, like, you know, it played such an important part, but it's so subtle. And I'm suddenly thinking that you and I reference neighbors all the time in casual conversation. And, you know, and every time we talk about writing something or typing something, we do a Scott Robinson with the old plinky plonky double digits. Slowest journalist typer in the universe is the typist from hell. Um, yeah. And not to mention, the fact that we both carry on a pedestal pretty high up is the legend that is Paul Robinson. So oh fair play, God. Robinson for life. <sighs> but he got that big shiny red car. But he, uh, Scott left the handbrake oh. off and rolled oh. down and broke the back mirror. Back uh, the back, yeah, um, lung. Amazing, amazing. By the way, the cliffhanger at the end of the episode where Bouncer was introduced is he had a great big box with a you know bow on it and they put it in front of Lucy. And they said, look, we're all sad that Basil's dead, but check this shit out. And then the box opens and Bouncer bursts out looking really happy and cute. And then everyone's like, oh, and, and Helen is there. And then Lucy's like, oh, no, I hate him. I want Basil. Get him away from me. Get him away from me. And his neighbours. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> so there you go. Funny the things you <laughs> The good old neighbours and good old home in a way. I don't care. Yeah, not a, you know, it's, um, that came a bit, you know, overlap, but yeah. Let me say this, Sheppy. We might have our first edit point. I'm just going to say this now. <laughs> I have the ending of this episode, by the way, so just leave it with me when we get there. <laughs> you have to keep that in. I don't care if it's behind the scenes. I like it. <laughs> just mainly, again, because it sort of captures the glee of just like, I've got something, I've got something, I can't sit on it, just just relax, <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> oh, you know, you just hear my brain giggling to itself. Oh, I can the hear the titters. Um, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm yeah, no, um, I'm bloody loving it. Yeah, uh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> amazing, amazing neighbour zag. Um, yes. Yeah, In uh, terms of Quantum Leap, by the way, um, I remember that was big, you know, viewing at the time. And I remember you and I getting into it and digging it very much. And we were sort of, we were separated by the oceans at that point. You were across the fields uh, away from Franley. And we weren't seeing each other every day at school anymore. And but Quantum Leap uh, sort of was one of our bonds. And I remember this, um, Tuesday, nine o'clock, BBC Two. And the logo of BBC Two, the flashing two, and sort of green neon, ding, oh, ding, yeah, yeah. ding, ding, ding. That is so evocative to me of, you know, no matter what it was, and it wasn't always even that version, but that that to Quantum Leap is a huge, um, you know, connection, which is, which is, it's a real, 
Thames, bah, 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 going into Rainbow. And it came on before everything I watched on ITV. But I, just in my mind, it goes into Rainbow. Like the HBO goes either, either into Kirby Enthusiasm or Game of Thrones. The yeah. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Yeah. I mean, I should say, just a quick zag on that too, and probably similar sort of era to this, that that Thames thing for me goes into like three, two, one, Price is Right. I always think of it as a Saturday night thing, Russ, yeah, you know, all that stuff. And I. Ooh, well, you know, um, Thames, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was Monday to Friday, and it was LWT for the weekend. So I just misremembered. You're right. Yeah, nice. Nice. I said, well, there you go. Maybe you caught the like the the uh, repeats on Wednesday afternoon when you got home. By the way, speaking of Wednesday evenings, Next Generation was BBC Two Wednesday six o'clock. Uh, so that's nice. Yeah. And before I forget to ask it, because I just did do prices right and whatnot. Like just as a uh, for the record, Sheps, if I was to ask you what your favourite TV game show was, would you have it? Yeah. It? Yes, I no would, but. It's, yes, and, and I, I'm glad you asked because I wouldn't have thought to mention this. And again, it's one of you know, it's another secret shame. But it's not from the era you're describing the three to ones, the eighties. I associate Cannon and Ball, the London Palladium, Bob, uh, Bobby Cannon and Ball, um, um, Little and Large, um, and, and that sort. And you know Ross Abbott, but I also associate him. He he defected, but I, I associate him with BBC One actually. Um, even though he was on ITV in that era. Uh, Bobby Davro, come on now, come Davro. On. So so I associated with that, even though I did, I'm sure, watch Price is Right, 321, Blankety Blank, Blankety Blank, Blankety Blank, Blankety Blank, Clackety Clip. That is amazing. That Blankety is not, clip. surely. It's amazing. So, like the best game show ever. <laughs> but but to be honest, when I really got into my what is commonly referred by historians as the Sheppy game show groove was in the uh, early 90s to mid 90s, probably, but certainly early 90s. We're talking, I mean, um, the generation game with, with Bruce, oh Lucy, yeah. that era. Um, and, and and that that was that was Saturday viewing that. And it should be mentioned, New Adventures of Superman again. Mid, yeah, what, 93, 92, 93? Yeah. Baywatch, for goodness sake. Um, Baywatch. Time. Well, you know what, though? I was an Erica Elenak purist, as you know, and Parker Stevenson's, thank you very much, and Jill, RIP, smiling face, Parker Stevenson's smiling face. So with all of that in mind, Baywatch, at its peak, when everyone went nuts for Pammy and so forth, um, I was over it. I was like, Elenak all the way. Ugh. Anderson, Highway, McGay, I don't know. But nonetheless, um, so Baywatch, of course, was a presence, but I, I, I had already turned my back on it. Nice. Uh, just, again, a zag on a zag on a zag. But one thing that annoys me sometimes, and even annoyed me amongst two of my favourite people, is when you've got, like, a TV show that's, that's actually got an edge. I mean, Baywatch's edge, you know, it's ridiculous. Ten-minute music video in the middle of it. But... Oh, well, be, you'll be yeah, by the end. Uh, no, it was like ninety nine percent music video. <laughs> but it, but it, it's say season one. Not that I even remember an episode really. But like you know, you 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 had sort of the shell of a a cousin to Knight Rider or whatever. That you had something that could have, a, you know, at least a, a reasonable plot, whatever. Anyway, 
they may they make Baywatch a movie with the rock and whatnot and, oh, and yeah. just all out they just go for for porkies yeah. you it's know, a starsky and, like, and hutch and that's exactly what's going to go as well like i i that that was too much as well maybe the starsky and hutch yeah i think i think it's a shame when they miss the tone of the tv show but um but anyway Which they often do like the 18 the joe carnahan 18 you know it kind of it's close but it, i don't know i guess i want something fairly specific which so you know it could yeah anyway that's that's a whole other yeah, thing yeah. but but still it's connected to the 18 so yes but so yeah, MacGyver. Game show, Sheffy. Oh, MacGyver. Game show. Well, yeah, I know. Sorry. I had to, yeah, I just suddenly remembered. There's going to be loads that we don't talk about, of course. Billions of things that we're going to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and so forth. But um, game show. Yeah. So, I know, you know, Tele Addicts. Um, absolutely. Tele Addicts was, was something I, I was Amazing. into. Yeah. And in the, I'm gonna. Well, it was when I was at college. There was this game show, which was kind of like well, it was more like a panel show. Um, it was famous people doing like you know, um, kind of like never mind the buzzcocks and so forth. Or have I got news for you? But it was about sci-fi geeky stuff. And Greg Proops was the host. Oh, and it was called Space Cadets. I was desperately trying to remember. Yeah, it was called Space Cadets, and it had like Shatner was one of the. It was like the, 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 it was it was pure like two teams of three on each, and there was the team captain on each team who was always there. And one team it was Craig Charles. God though, who was the other one? I don't remember. But sometime once it was um, two of the people was Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred. Even it was a couple of years after. Well, actually, it was like about five or six years after Doctor Who finished. That's nice. Uh, um, Major Vonover. From Babylon Five was on it once. Who liked my comment on Instagram the other day? So there you go. Um, yeah, uh, Walter Koenig popped up. Um, so yeah. So anyway, that's worth a little mention. It's not a game show; it's a panel show. But there you go. That's my panel show answer. But uh, for game show, I'm going to say the Generation Game and Tele Addicts were my two. Amazing. And then my my sub question, which may be a different answer, and it that maybe it would be Tele Addicts, or but. Um, what's the one you like to actually compete on? Like, what's the one like you kind of implant yourself and you think, oh, I'd love to. Well, I, you know, not properly, but I, as a kid, I always wanted to do the Krypton Factor one. Um, but you know, but <laughs> if I had to do that seriously, yeah. I would die. I would die at any age of my life, at any stage. Um, <laughs> I, I would have died immediately if I had to actually compete. But if I could just take my time and mess about, then that would be nice. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Um, nonetheless, Amazing. no, I would like to compete in any. I don't like playing board games, let alone going on like a, a TV thing. So no, there were none. What about you? I uh, think I always used to think I should have, I'd love to have a cat, crack at catchphrase. For some reason, I used to be pretty good at that. And we were oh. fortunate. I always thought, yeah, I can. I get the words pretty early on those. I'd love to have a crack at winning. What about blockbusters? Um, Oh, Bob, I don't know. Like that looked a bit tough. Some of the questions. Uh, the thing now would be, it would just be really fun to have a crack at who wants to be a millionaire and seeing yeah. the three questions. What you ended up getting and having having a having a run. You know, would you yeah. be my phone a friend, Sheppy? <laughs> oh well, if you if you, if you want to throw it all away for a joke, sure. <laughs> yeah, by all means, I'll be waiting. Oh yeah, um, so you're right out the river. I, I, you know, that you've mentioned all the ones I think that were iconic, and in my 
you know, in my veins too, growing up. I, I can't think of one that's not been given a tip of the cap. I was never really a weakest link guy in later years. I was never really no. deal or no deal guy. I liked Countdown. I was a big oh, yeah. uni and stuff, you know, that was that was always fun and happy. They've tried to make it too funny now, like, and a bit too, you know, the, the, yeah, anyway. It's a whole I've thing. never, you know, I, I've always got the appeal of Countdown, but again, my, again, it was a very specific era when I really was into that sort of TV. Um, and I, well, I watched everything, man, early 90s, but yeah, specifically that. I didn't really watch Blockbusters. It was on after school or something, and I was, like, waiting for something else to come on. And so I just like have blockbusters on, but you know that was now you turn it off and do something for ten minutes, but I'm just sitting there like whoa with Poli. So with that remind you know, um, so I, no, so I didn't really watch any of the later ones or panel shows really, unless I was at someone else's house. Um, but they're all great, of course. Everything is great. Hooray, hooray, hurrah for life. Well, we, well, we, we should mention quickly. Sorry, uh, we, just before we move away from the, the early nineties. Twin Peaks, which I didn't watch when it was on originally, but I was aware of it, and I got into it a few years later. Well, we all know that from me, right? I mean, I watched it while it was on because my mum babysat on Twin Peaks night, and I had to be in bed straight after it, so I had to run home from her baby. She was too scared to watch it on her own, so she made her <laughs> little boy watch it with her, and then we had <laughs> faster than Usain Bolt back home, past the <laughs> or else Bob might get him. <laughs> Um, back to his own bed. So. And again, it is Bob Holness, strangely enough, crouching <laughs> at the bottom of your bed. <laughs> One other that doesn't need to, it should really come after Twin Peaks, but it was a big part of this era for me. And you mentioned Craig Charles, so like Red Dwarf Man was mm -hmm. a big as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was really, that was, a, that was a big BBC Two job as well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, brilliant, Red Dwarf. This is fun, Jackie. I, I didn't know we were going to do all of this. This is nice, happy to just sort of trigger. And yeah, well, it's pure, just, yeah, reminiscing. Yeah. yeah, it's happy. Um, it's good stuff. And I mentioned New Adventures of Superman. You and I had this massive adventure once on a Saturday, uh, crazy John Hughes shit, and we finally got home and we watched an episode of New Adventures of Superman. We got chips and probably chicken or sausage. And then we watched, I believe, Falling Down. But uh, so there you go. I, love I, I remember that. I remember watching that at your place falling down, and we we're both pretty blown away by it. Yeah, that's wicked. Nice. Chef. Do you remember Amazing. watching um, New Adventures of the Superman? I mean, where you do you want me to tell the truth or not here, Shami? Because I, I, I don't. I mean, I'm sure we did. Do you remember I'm, though? I'm not... There was a funny bit where Clark loses his powers, and there's like this triumphant bit where he jumps oh, off. He's a bit of a Spider-Man too wannabe, and he jumps off. Um, the balcony and you think he's going to fly and he doesn't and he falls off the balcony and it cuts to Lois like just walking down the street and in the background you see Clark go and land in all these bins um, and you and I found that very funny which is fair because it sounds funny as I hear it <laughs> well I, I don't remember that Shani, but um, I, I hope I might try to find that as well <laughs> no it's amazing amazing so I liked New Adventures of Superman um, and I, you know, I was taking anything I could get in terms of missing Doctor Who, so I was watching Crime Traveller, which was a bit of a pity. Jimmy, I want to mention quickly, um, I remember writing a letter to you. You were my Jim or fix it. I wrote you a letter. Yeah, yeah, I know it. I know it. 
I always said you touched me very much and deeply, but I'll tell you something else. I wrote you a letter saying, Jimmy, I've seen a TV show which I think I, you know, might even be better, even better than Quantum Leap. And I didn't say that lightly. And that show was The X-Files. And I'm quite happy that I started that without hearing anything about it. It was just like Thursday, nine o'clock, BBC Two. There's a brand new TV show starring two people who you haven't, you, you haven't seen California and you haven't seen Twin Peaks yet. But you don't know who they are. It's The X-Files. And I watched it from the beginning and got into it. And I think I watched like six seasons and I went to university and stopped watching TV. Um, so, but that was nice. So X-Files was a big deal. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I've only dipped in and out of it. I hate to say to any X-Files fan out there, but yeah, I, 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 I always thought it was fantastic. I just never really did the full gamut. You know, it, it to a degree at the beginning, it had that appeal. You could do like a Mulder and Scully investigate different thing every week. I think it started to get a little bit more of a narrative, you know, overarching arcs going on and stuff towards the end, didn't it? And like, yeah, but um, certainly, yeah. certainly. Well, I, you know, I just naturally sort of drifted away from that because I, I was, you know, but it was great. Um, and the, the story and the kind of all of that. So I, you know what I associate that era. We're talking sort of ninety five, I guess, about ninety six. I associate it with um, X Files, and I associate it with ER, which I was yeah. really into. Uh, the Clooney years, the first maybe three or four seasons, probably. Um, and that was that was Ace. And I also remember Sharp with um, Sean Bean based on the books and I watched that that was on Wednesdays and it was like two hours with adverts I'd watch Sharp and then watch ER which was part of it did you watch ER from the beginning did you see the first episode uh, not on night one but yeah pretty much you know I, I don't know how I caught up maybe it was one of those season two exploded so they started doing reruns while they uh, waited for season three or something you know what I mean I, I don't know but yeah, yeah I definitely watched them all up until I stayed quite late into the Noah Wild ca carrying it era. Um, right. But that's sort of related to one of the questions I wanted to ask you, which is just a bit of a silly one. But so I, it hasn't eclipsed it for quality, but it has been a mainstay, Sheppy. We're talking, it's nearly a season 20 now um, of great Grey's Anatomy, right? Which is right. ER um, scrubs on the coattails of. And I think one of the things I just wanted to ask you was, you know, you you strike me, similar to me, as being quite choosy about what you decide to spend your time with in front of the box these days, particularly, right? And it's like, right. well, you have to be. there'll be a vetting process. Yeah, there's too much out there. There's a vetting process. Now, I am sat next to G on a plane about four, four or five years ago, and she's watching um, something on her phone, you know, and, I, and I'm like, what's going on here then? And it's, she goes, oh, it's so exciting. It's like greys, you know, it's like, blah, blah, blah. And then basically, it was a shooter in the hospital sort of thing. I went, really? And she goes, yeah. Oh. And I'm like, okay. And then I basically said, I'll watch that. It's just an interesting because an operation had gone wrong for this guy's daughter. And then he goes through the hospital. And, it's an and I watched this episode and I'm on tenor hooks. I'm like, is this really like what Grey's is like? You know, and then, and then <laughs> it's actually pretty good. It's pretty exciting. And, uh, and then also like the acting was good. The script was good, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, this is, this is good. This is actually objectively pretty good. And so I watched that and I, I then, G and I basically for about two seasons, 
I'm doing a Grays fan. I'm watching Grays for that. And then, unfortunately for me, you know, bless her, she's hugely talented and fantastic. But Shonda Rhimes, for whatever reason, has got a template she applies to the Grays script. And when you unlock that, it's unwatchable because you you know exactly what the character is going to say, let alone everything. So there is a formula to that whole show. And that's that's that. And that's that's great escapism. It's not my jam. So I moved away again and she's still watching, you know, but and but, you know, it, it's it's great sort of, you know, don't have to think too much food. That show got, got it. It had a little peak there. That's a really long winded question. I just wanted to give you the great anecdote, but also more that um, <laughs> has there been recent times or ever a bit of a surprise for you Sheppy where you've sort of been you know looking over Martha's shoulder and you've seen something you've been like what's this housewives of uh (laughs) (laughs) Roswell well the thing is um it's very nice that Martha and I are like 98% compatible with, with everything so we don't really have that opportunity so so no because there hasn't been anything like that um I've watched things because of her. Like she's like, oh, let's let's try this and stuff, which I might not have tried before. Um, and you know, but no, but generally not. Um, what about you? I think I think Grey's is my biggest example of having my head turned by a a cheeky little, you know, you know what what. Oh, might so yeah. Be... What about you? Oh yeah, that thing you, you were just talking about. So... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah, shoot him in the hospital for sure. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, I'm trying to think if there's anything, I mean, you know, I mean, I just, in terms of, like, nice stuff, I mean, if that's, that's lovely, you mentioned Grey's, I suppose I should mention there's ER, there's Grey's, there's Chicago Hope, there's, of course, did you ever watch Casualty, the big oh, hospital shit. drama? It talks about that Saturday I mean, night, Charlie, yeah. come on, amazing. <laughs> I have to say, I never got into Casualty, um. <laughs> they wouldn't let me in. They said it was <laughs> fake blood. Um, That's amazing. So no, I watched the That's bill. Amazing. That was about my limit. The bill. But I did watch. And yeah. ER was the only American, you know, that of that type. I never watched, by the way, um, NYPD Blue or anything like that. Um, good stuff though. All very solid. Um, and and yeah, so that's that's lovely. I wanted to mention, was there anything else just in terms of the history of television? Because I'm going to skip forward a few decades. In terms of um, now, um, now you mentioned Yellowstone. By coincidence, I mean, it's been out for, uh, you're available for a while, but I think by coincidence, you and I were watching season one at the same time, um, which is nice. And we, as far as I know, hadn't discussed it. It was like, hey, I'm watching this thing called Yellowstone. Hey, me too. Um, It's a great show. It's really fun, isn't it? It's really fun, and they they lean into the violence in a in a way. You know, it's really yeah. There's I I feel like it's a cross between Sopranos and Dallas, Sheppy. That's my sort of yeah. take on it. Like, and you it's very transportive. You know, you really feel like you're on the farm. Um, yeah. yeah, I said it. I I I said it before. Yeah, Yellowstone is Dallas to Succession's Dynasty. Nice. That's wonderful. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> Actually, I've heard that before from you. That's amazing. That's cool. I like that. That's great. Dallas and Dynasty is something we didn't talk about, but never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would yeah, be great. Yeah, great. You and I, yes, huge. You and I were um, watching season one basically parallel. Um, 
and you've now you're deeper into season two because we took a little break um and we're but we watched episode one of season two uh, a few days ago um, and we're going to pick up steam on that soon but I it's great be, i reckon we'll start watching season three at the same time we've just finished season two but we're going to take a break because we binged it the hell out of it last night we just need to like not yeah. Don't gorge on a Don't good OD. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Totally. But what, well, it's it's very good and good old Costner. Yeah, he's got such a twinkle in this, isn't he? He's really delivering the X factor. I think the show could survive without him, but it would be a hell of a shark to jump. You know what I mean? Like it, it would be a big problem. He's a huge element, a huge vital element. Yeah, I agree. It's not really there's not much story after he's gone in this, really. To be honest, if he goes, you know, I don't know, you know, but it's just. Um, but yeah, I uh, <laughs> I wanted to, let me say this quick point now, Chef. It might not be quick, but two minutes. But basically, the um, I what I find fascinating about the way TV shows fold now in the age of this long narrative, and I might have said this before on the pod, almost certainly I've said this to you before, but I just want to put it for the record on this um, particular app, which is that I start watching Yellowstone and I'm like. In the same way I, w- I pick up a novel and I don't do a Billy Crystal, I'm not reading the last page, but I'm looking at the number of pages on it. So I know that's what I'm dealing with. I'm happy. I get it. When I've got 20 pages to go, I know I've got 20 pages to go. I'll look at the runtime on movies. I want to know what am I dealing with here? And here I start Yellowstone and I'm like, this is four star. I'm happy. I've got it for me, subjective. Yeah. For me, it's in the four star bubble. I get it. I know what I'm dealing with. I'm happy. You know, this isn't going to be transcendent in the way that some are like, you know, when you feel that it's like elevated thing. It's really knocking on the five star door in certain moments. For me, it does have that limit to it. It's kind of in that sort of billions kind of four star little bubble for me. Like, and I I think, um, and I just wanted to kind of give you my little three, four, five star classification for telly at the moment. Yes. Which is like five star is you know better call soul break uh breaking bad sopranos like the writing is extraordinary it keeps wrong footing you it's the acting is from everybody is amazing it's just it's into the it's just iconic immediately and yellowstone's got the iconic thing kind of don't be wrong but it's just like just all of the bubble is operating on all the cylinders and it's a five star banger you know the four star for me is like you are knocking on the door of greatness. You've got one five star season in amongst the collection <laughs> of others. You know, you're really smashing out, but there's something not necessarily soapy, but you feel the manipulation that's going on for you. And, and you you know, it, it's, it's, it's hitting beats as well. Like, you know, there's something going on there. And then the fascinating category for me on it too, though, is three star Sheffy, which is like, and because they still exist. And so, I, I, for this, I've got like I'm thinking um, uh, there's sort of, there's kind of like a, I, I'm thinking of like white or white collar. Have you seen white collar? Like it's, no. it's, a, it's a really funny one because it's um, you know you've got a, a master thief Thomas Crown affair style and he's helping the police force and every week he's solving uh, a specific you know uh, crime that's happened in the local area and the point is that like you know. It's episodic in the way that Remington Steel was episodic or something. Nice. Every week it's a different thing. And um, 
and then and then the idea is like you know they do have some threads going through it, recurring characters that come back into his life or not but it is that thing from the 80s and 90s which is just a little bubble where you could almost just watch one episode it doesn't even matter yeah. what season it is and that's yeah. absolutely in the three star space but yeah like these shows that i think are really interesting and like the subversion of that for me it is the last bit of it but like suits um, I don't know if you got into that one, but that had yeah. the early days of that were really pretty strong, mm. and it was it was white collar esque in terms of you could go in and there's it's really wittily scripted, very funny characters, iconic characters in and of itself, particularly in a guy called Lewis Slip who's amazing, but um but the idea is like they had like every week was a different case kind of thing and they're they're solving this case every week you know or getting that, and then they try and go long-form storytelling and have this overarching big thing threatening the firm over a season and lots of nuanced little cases influencing that. And it really wobbles and loses its way and kind of drops oh, from being four-star four fun to like, yeah, three, maybe two, maybe one. It oh, no. And then you're like, oh, you really, you lost well, that's that, always like, that little source. It's really funny. Like they really, they took some swings and they really missed. I think, but um, anyway. Oh, well, I guess it's mind. better to swing big, you know, than to not swing at all. But still, yeah. that is a shame. I mean, it's things like, you know, frankly, Game of Thrones and Lost, um, where the two examples of shows that I really enjoyed, um, and was, was you know, but it did, you know, cert certain later seasons did go downhill for me, anyway, um, and. And so it's like, oh, would I ever watch them again? I'd love to watch the first season of Lost again, but that would lead to the second season, which would lead to the third, and I would end up watching it all, and then I'd just go through it all again, like, oh, I should have finished after season three. So that's, that's the definition it should be. It can't be five if it's only got one five-star season sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, exactly. Mr. Exactly. Robot's a bit like that too. And, and uh, bloody hell, like, the barnstorming first season and then disappointment, Lost, yeah. Heroes, True blood, take your pick. Right. Think, um, it happens. <laughs> I, I love that though, man. Like I, I hear you. Like Lost was a bloody mess in the end, wasn't it? Bless it. You know, yeah. it really lost its way. Um, um, yeah. You mentioned Buffy, um, not to go too deep, but did you ever were you ever tempted to watch Angel? I am. I want to. Ah. Yeah. I it's on the list, actually. Yeah, I'm yeah. I am tempted. I can't wait for my Buffy second lap ships. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, that was that Drop. got me through COVID, Buffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, amazing. Yes, listen, I wanted to mention before uh, we we run out of time. So we recently finished watching Hannibal and that uh, the, the TV show, and this was my second lap. I watched it like around 2013 or 14, and but the thing is, I wanted me and Marta. We were going to watch Silence of the Lambs. And then I knew, it, like with Lost, for example, I knew inevitably we'd watch it. We'd never seen it together, and it's a five-star classic. But I knew then we would watch Hannibal and Red Dragon. I knew it was just inevitable. But then it was like, oh, it's such a shame. But because we had both previously, of course, seen Silence of the Lambs, and you know, I thought, well, how about we watch Hannibal um, first, and then we watch the Brett Lander Red Dragon, and so we do the the Hopkins trilogy, basically, even though you know in you know in this weird order and then do Silence of the Lambs and the end of Red Dragon goes into Silence of the Lambs so we did it that way and that the, the, so we ended with the strongest easily ever since 
a different league to the other two. The other two have nice moments in different ways, but they're in a different league. Um, you know, Sons of the Lambs is the perfect film. So anyway, we did that trilogy, and then I was like, hey man, how about we watch Manhunter? Bit of Brian Cox, get in. So we watched Manhunter, um, and then, and, I, and amazingly, it still hadn't occurred to me. So we'd done that over the course of a couple of weeks, the whole lecture. We didn't watch the, the, the prequel film, because uh, that looked shit. But then it was like, well, let's bloody watch the, the TV show. And so we watched, and it took a while. We did it, you know, we'd have little bursts, and then quite, we sort of, without, you know, we just realised, oh, shit, we haven't watched a Hannibal for like three months. But then we would do like another five in, the, in about, you know, like a week or something. Um, so we've been doing it in tiny fits and starts, but we finished it. Uh, we, did, we finished the third and final season just a couple of days ago. And it, I, I really like that show. I think it's great. Nice. I'm going to give it a look. I, I, like, I, I like Mads. I'm happy. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, yeah, it's solid. It's very nice. It's, you I know, think I yeah. missed the boat with Dexter, man. I know you were a Dexter guy, weren't you? And I well, really I watched all of them, but I don't like it as much as a lot of other people. And it has a terrible final season. And awful for the ages. Just one of those terrible final episodes. And then they brought it back and things were looking okay. And then it went off the rails again making the same mistakes and doubling down on them. Like such a strange choice. It seems to be really deliberately sabotaging itself. But even at its peak, which for me is like the first three seasons or so, which I saw, you know, a long time ago now, and they just sort of, sort of you know, wash over you. They're good. It's fine. Yes, but three. Three, damn you. Some people will tell you definitely four. And at the peak, it was four, knocking on five. But ultimately, for me personally, um, you yeah, know, it's a three. Nice. Okay. I hope you can hear Cosy having a little woof there, but he is he's he's agreeing with you. He's not happy with Dexter. Well, you know, we all hope for the best. It never quite works out. Um oh, I wanted to mention very quickly, we're also watching Malcolm in the Middle and we're on to we just finished season four. And I watched it originally when it was first on. Well, the first two seasons are the ones that I had seen on Sky One, like around 2001 or something. And they're easily, they're in a league of their own. And then obviously different showrunners come in after the second season. Though I hadn't seen many at all, one or two of season three. And then four, I don't think I'd seen any of. And it's fine, it's good, I'm glad we're watching it. There are seven seasons, but I've only seen season one and two. And I would recommend those. Those are, those are five star you know, solid, solid stuff. I can't stuff. wait to, like, see Cranston in another light, man. I, I really need to. Well, you know um, Tim Watley, of course, in Seinfeld, but yes. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, the first two seasons I would recommend to anyone, uh, but then I would probably stop. But I'm enjoying watching it just for the novelty <laughs> and everything. Um, it's great. Um, also, um we we started to it's my second lap and Marta's first time with Mad Men and we were going to it's been on the list I actually had it all ready to watch at the same time as we started to watch Succession and I thought we might even watch Succession and Mad Men you know more or less at the same sort of time but Succession became such a big hit um, I didn't want it to you know overshadow or you know dilute or corrupt Mad Men and 
So I, I held fire on Mad Men for many months, but we just started watching Mad Men, like, um, I don't know, like three weeks ago, or maybe less than that. Maybe, maybe like two weeks, maybe a week and a half. We fucking blitzed season one, talking about overdoing it and saturizing it, and then you can't watch it for ages. We haven't reached that point yet. We went straight through season one. Um, and I was so happy because I honestly didn't know if Mark would like it. But as it turns out, Mad Men is really good. And so I obviously remember bits of it, but it's still been like I watched it like around 2007, 2008. So it's been a while, man. Um, so it's wonderful to go back and to see John Hamm, for example, and um, well, all of them, but specifically him and of course, um, um, well, January Jones and, and Moss seeing them and and they and madman was my introduction to those actors anyway so that that's really satisfying but the fact that martyrs really digging it is um, is great and so we just devoured the first season finished um, the first season yesterday and then today we watched the first two episodes of season two so we will slow down but not at the moment. It's so nice to revisit it and know that it sticks to that. Well, my view sticks to the landing as well. So it's all it's very satisfying again. And watching it the second time for me personally, um, knowing certain things, knowing where it's going in certain ways makes it immensely satisfying. And watching, I'd love to do a second after that, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. It's Roger very Stern, good. For God's sakes, one of the best characters ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, so problematic. <laughs> so oh, astonishing. Yeah. Astonishing. Um, yeah. um, do you want to mention, um, by the way, before we get um, uh, and or, um, mm-hmm. and over fist, uh, either or? <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Did you, did you like it, Sheppy? All that? You did. I you did. did. Yeah. I liked it. Um, I will say this. It had forward momentum, and when it got to the heist episode, that was its peak for me. And then I thought the forward momentum would continue and something would happen, and it didn't. And I suddenly realized, oh, it's all into blocks. You've got like the flashback block at the beginning, then the heist block of episodes, and then the prison block, and then the, the, the sort of finale block. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, once I realized that was the structure, like, okay, but it, but it lost its forward momentum for me. So the heist was the peak for me. And I did like it, and I loved all the Senate stuff. I loved the nasty, evil Imperial lady. Obviously, she's oh, my favorite yeah. character all the time. I like the slimy, cunty man as well. Um, I like Andor, of course. I like Mon Mothra, and I love that. It's the same actress since Revenge of the Sith, which yeah. is really nice. Um, and all of that interweaving the prequels and even some of the more problematic bits yeah. of the latest trilogy. They mentioned Canto Bright. Yeah, all that. Yeah, it's kind of, they're, they're doing a decent job of kind of trying to... You could watch Andor, I say, without having seen any other Star Wars and really yeah. get, you know, you'd get a lot, you know, everything out of it, really. It's not nostalgic, but more than that, it's just, it's a very standalone plot. It sets up the universe very well. Yeah, for sure, of course, brilliant. But again, my favorite elements weren't Andor. It was my favorite elements were the Imperial people and also um, the people um, like Mon Mothra and the set and you know behind the scenes and that sort of you know, political maneuvering. I really, yeah. really liked. I love um, the funeral scene as well at the end. I thought that, I thought they executed yeah. that pretty well. But I completely agree with you where it peaked. 
and I I go forward at Andy Circus's last line. Oh, I'm glad you yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, it really sent... was a misfire, I think. That uh, well, yeah. you see, because yeah, you sent me this message, and you you said like, oh, it was sort of like a bad punchline or something, and that's fascinating. And yes, yes, but the way I I interpreted it myself was it was like this sort of tragic i mean he's dead if he jumps he'll drown no one's going to help him and if, and if he stays he'll of course be executed so he is dead and after going through all of that it's this kind of tragic ironic thing and andor <laughs> gets knocked over so well that that's how I, it came to me so it's you know but i don't know I i'm don't glad know. That, be... that it worked for you Shep, because i wanted it to work for me too and it should have been that and i get it but but for you it's like i just was a bit like maybe there's just an extra beat there or an extra something of him being carried by he didn't want to do the mission in the first you know escape in the first place until he, his hands were effectively tied there so he's not really thought through what it would mean to escape and then there's momentum and there's, you know, we're just going to do this and this is how it'll work and et cetera. And he's kind of, he, despite being their leader, he's swept along for the ride, fine. But to not know that that's the end of the thing and like to get to the edge and then say it, like, you know, yeah. you probably would have done the maths a bit more. Like, well, maybe you know, he didn't you know. know. Yeah, maybe. maybe it was like Nicolas Cage in Face Off and he didn't know he was on an oil rig. That's nice. You're right. Now you say that, saved it. Yeah. Right. Unless there's a line earlier. <laughs> what about all that sea outside, eh? But other than that. By the way, is Circus, how many people have been in the Star Wars universe playing more than one character? Uh, because Circus is one now. Yes. So that's exciting. He was Snoke, wouldn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Where there's Snoke, there's that. fire. That's really. Uh, yeah, I know. There can't be. I mean, well, there's, I can tell you one uh, other, and that's Warwick Davis. But that, that yeah, but, okay. yeah, I'm sure loads of people are now like, and him, and him, and her, and double her. But uh, those, you know, and people like Ahmed Best popped up, but that that was kind of like just giving something to do. Yeah, nonetheless, that's really cool. Yeah, that's a great little uh, nod, Sheppy. I like that. Save that for a pub quiz. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving that. No, no, lovely. So Andor's good, but I got the impression also from you that you weren't loving it at first. You no, sent me an uncharacteristically you... sniffy, snidey message where the tone was should have been in like amazing double italics, where it was like, because I had said to you, I think, hey, I'm watching Andor and I'm really enjoying it or something. He said, I haven't started it yet. I'm like, fair enough. And then like a week or so later, you sent me this message like, watching Andor. Does it get good at any point? Yeah, I was really like, exactly. oh, no. I'm really glad I was a 13 year old me again. That's great. It was, it um, was. It was it was like Buddy Boy Wito hanging out <laughs> the Does it get rooms. good? When are you gonna give me my 60 minutes that <laughs> shit? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Was it unfortunately I was just in a cynical frame of mind and I noticed a little silly cut where characters were at one point nose to nose and the next time we went back to them, they were standing 10 metres away again, which may have happened in a pacing round of the thing, but they were at gunpoint, so it's a bit weird. But, um, but you know, little silly things like that at the beginning, but it did really turn and get excellent and, you know, really lived in and mundane and happy and good and, you know, just, yeah, some surprise deaths and some, you know, some, some good stuff and sort of filling out with the universe and, yeah, yeah. I'm all for it. I want as much of this as they want to give us at Disney. 
I think what we don't, what just I hope doesn't happen is that the, the popularity, rightly, of stuff like that and the Marvel things doesn't then sort of start to squeeze out the TV world too much as well. Do you know what I mean? In the same way as the movies have been a wee bit squeezed out um, at the cinema, certainly. I would say rightfully so. In terms of Star Wars, since the TV Star Wars has been better than film Star Wars, you know, it was yeah, really has. Nice. Yeah, it, it's so. So I'm not complaining in that respect. Um, that's fine. I mean, in terms of all the Star Wars shows that are out there, the live action stuff, um, they're not. You know, they they all work for me. I'm not, you know, loving them 100. percent But they're but they're they they're, they're basically between three and four. They read between three and four for me. But you know, the nostalgia, of course, I love. The Mandalorian is probably consistently my favourite out of all of them, um, but Andor was, you know, so pure. Oh, can I say, um, I thought in Andor there was going to be a massive twist, and I guess it feels weird saying this out loud, but it can't happen now. But I, after like it was just when Stellan Starsgard was introduced, it was that episode. I suddenly thought. Don't we know, like when Rogue One came out, weren't we told that Andor used to be in the Empire? Or am I getting confused with what I remember being told about Han Solo way back in the day, he used to be in the Empire? Um, and so I'm watching this episode, I'm just like, is there going to be a massive twist at some point where Andor is actually a double agent and he's an, an Imperial spy? And wow, and then by at some point, he will then desert and then become the Andor who we know, but he's going to do some bad shit first. And I kind of convinced myself without, I never try and guess twists at all. I don't like guessing twists. I like being surprised. But this popped out of nowhere. and I was just instantly like, oh, well, that's an amazing twist. And I'm sure it's going to happen. I was positive it was going to happen. And I thought maybe at the end of the heist episode, it was going to be a massive thing. It's a shame they didn't do that. I don't have to. Well, I can't wait to watch Rogue One again after the second season of Andor. Right. I think that's good. Yeah, yeah. So, how do we end this little TV bubble of goodness? Uh, anything that you may or may not have mentioned before that you might have had on your mind about that? <laughs> Jeffy, I, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll come to it in a minute. There's just, there's been a. Um, and a knock at the door. Actually, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna answer it. Bear with me one second. Okay, Jimmy, you go and answer the door. G'day, mate. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Neighbors, everybody needs good neighbors. Just a friendly wave each morning. Helps to make a better day. We'd love to hear from you, so do feel free to reach out to us at shoulderspod.com. Uh, let us know any sequels you'd like us to do. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you could take a moment to leave us a review or a rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Name.